Welcome to the podcast dedicated to helping MSPs sell the right solution at the right price. Not the cheapest solution most businesses want, but the solution they need. When MSPs are selling and providing the very best solution, the state of IT available to the business market is elevated and everyone wins. This is Elevating IT. Greetings, everybody. We are live. It's Friday, June 5th, right? I think it's June 5th. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't keep track of the I guess. Day. I don't know. <laughs> I've been locked in my room for three months now. All right. So I'm going to do a little um, welcome because this is the Elevating IT podcast. And we're doing a Facebook Live and a YouTube Live, of course, but we're recording for the Elevating IT podcast as well. So listen to this episode on iTunes or go to elevatingit.net for the full episodes or to the uh, audit blog. You're always uh, always embedded in the blog post that'll go along with this. So welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the video. <laughs> it's weird doing that because like you know, in the old days when I first started podcasting years ago, um, you just did a podcast. Now you do videos, you do lives, you do all sorts of things. They turn into all this content, which is cool. So I feel like Howard Stern kind of started that, right? Where he used to do the radio show, and then when E used to do the the the, um, the video of him in there, I feel like that kind of yeah. started the the dual format. So, Might yeah, it's you know, you see, I think if you're if you were in the podcasting world, you probably would have seen it evolve when Facebook Live came out, because that's as soon as Facebook Live came out, people started doing this. But it was different. You know, they would record it. They would have all because you got podcasting equipment. So you'd see people, you know, with headsets on and mics. Now it's I think everybody's getting used to the new technology and the way the, you know, we're, we're thrust into doing videos all of a sudden. Everybody's on Zoom. You were just telling me you were on a call with people around the on the other side of the world. It's like this. Yeah. It's just much easier now. You know, I don't have any crazy equipment I got. Actually, over there is podcasting equipment that has dust on it because I don't need it anymore. Which is much easier. So I have a big complicated microphone that uh, I think one of you guys made me buy a couple of years ago. And uh, <laughs> it reminded me of the old CB radio. I remember my, my dad was like a big CB radio guy and he had this huge like mic, you know, he used to have to talk yep. into it and uh, he looked like a, like a radio disc jockey or something. That's what this thing reminded me of. But I don't think I've used it in, in two years now. It's got dust on it as well. And, uh, you know, yeah. today I did two, two teams meetings. One was uh, one client has a, a partner in India. I mean, there was three of us on the call, two of us in you know, the U.S. and one in India. And it was like nothing. Um, and then I just got off a call with uh, one of our client's vendors and he was in uh, Greece. And, uh, and the technology is amazing now what we can do. So, yeah, good stuff. And the quality is much better, too. You know, the when I first got podcasting equipment, podcasting is a young thing. Um, so it's only been around since probably 2006. But when I got equipment, you know, you needed a board you, and all this crazy equipment. Now you don't need anything. I mean, the, the, the benefit of having a board is that you can, if you have guests on, I can plug one guest into one channel, me into another, and I can adjust the, the, the sound. So it's, it's better. Like if you, it, I can make a person who is a different volume level, the same volume. So it does benefit but that's the only benefit. Now the equipment's so good. I, I always remember my first podcast experience. I was on a, a Michael Michalowicz podcast and 
uh, a, friend, a mutual friend of ours, you know, had had organized it and he had the board and everything set up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, and I'm at the end, I'm tangled in these like headphones with the curly cord. I'm all twisted up. I don't know what Mike, and they just went off and they're like, they're hot. They're talking and laughing. And I felt like, you know, like the guy who got left behind and I'm like, hello, hello. And then they're, they're laughing at me, of course, because I don't know what I'm doing, but I, that was my first <laughs> podcast experience. I was pretty sour too. And I was like, this is so stupid, but you know, it's, it's gotten much better since then. So yeah. anyway, well, now you're on a podcast. What do we have for today, Mike? Yeah, we're talking uh, about the idea of not sending a proposal or a quote until they get to a yes, until you've done a good quality sales presentation. And, and it started because I, I was talking to a friend of mine who owns a kitchen remodel company. And he ended up, he, he has a friend who owns another kind of service company. And this, this friend was going on and on about the videos that they did. They did these, they had a guy come in, film videos. They were really professionally done. The guy posted them on YouTube and Facebook and did some social media with them. And this company blew up because of it. They got, you know, they, these guys can't walk down the street of their town without somebody recognizing them. So my kitchen, kitchen remodel friend is like, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to this company and see what they can do for me. So here you have like a referral, a hot referral, because these guys said, we've gotten crazy amounts of business. You'll get business too. So he's ready to go. He's ready to buy, right? So what is the um, kitchen? What does the video guy do? He sends them a quote, a one page proposal quote, whatever you want to call it. And it has, here's option one and the price. You know, here's the, the five things you get with option one. Here's the price of option two and the five things you get with option two and option three. So my friend was like, it, it really deflated him because he was like, okay, uh, I wanted to hire this guy. And he gave me like three options. I don't know what these mean. Let me go talk to some people. So he talked to me and he asked me what I thought. And I said, wow, this stuff, you know, I went through the line items with him. I said, wow, they're going to record four videos. Sure. Any, any company can do what this company is, is providing, right? Like, so by giving him the quote, and, and line iteming each thing and putting a price on it, he allowed him to go shop that around. And right. I don't know whether he's going to hire that company or not, but boy, they put themselves in such a bad position because they had the sale in their hands and then they gave him a quote before they sold him, right? Before they presented yeah. anything to him, they just gave him a quote. So took the, easy, took the easy way out. I mean, that's easy to do. Send the quote and just, you know, let the guy pick. And if he doesn't pick then, or if he says no, you don't feel bad because you didn't put a lot of effort in. I mean, that's really the easy way out, I think, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It's no, you know, you don't have you don't have to put on a sales hat. You don't have to do anything. But that guy's potentially now going to lose the deal because this guy went and talked to three other people who do the same exact thing. And I know one person said, yeah, we could do this. We could do it for $50 less. And another one he talked to said it confused him even further because he, they pitched him on more stuff. They're like, yeah, we we're about the same price, but we do a little bit more and here's what we do. So it was like, you know, it's crazy. And I know you've talked about this when it comes to selling it. Yeah. And obviously we've talked about this as audit because audit's a sales presentation tool. Right. We're, we're designed to get you to yes. Then you can kind of come in with the, with the quote, with the proposal after you've, after you've gotten that. Yes. So I thought that was, that was why I want to talk about this today because I want to get your insights into it and your experience with that. So I thought, man, what a, it, that was a crazy story when I heard that here, here, here's this company is, it's like, yeah. 
this they got this gift they did good work and they got a gift of a referral that just amped this guy up he was all excited and then when he, he it was like you know yeah i mean i think the simple thing is never ever email your quote ever out because you'll you'll you rarely will hear back from them unless you're the cheapest guy and if that's the way you want to sell and just race to the bottom um, you likely will never hear them. And uh, most MSPs have learned this because we've all done it, myself included, right? We've all sent quotes. We're excited. We're like, oh, yeah, this guy's a hot lead. And uh, you send a quote and you never hear back from him. You spend the next three months chasing them down. And then, you know, maybe they tell you, oh, yeah, I went with somebody else. Right. And uh, so it's always a mistake unless – Unless it's a commodity thing. Like we send quotes if somebody's like, hey, can you quote three computers? You know, and these are usually for clients, never for prospects, right? So for stuff like that, it's a mirror. You're just taking an order at that point. And, uh, you know, that's okay. But when you're talking more of a consultative type sale, typically an audit or an assessment for a prospect, right? And uh, in that scenario, you never do that. Um, in fact, I don't take the quote out ever during the presentation until they're ready to sign. And if they're not ready to sign, they don't get the quote. And um, I know you asked me to kind of delve into that a little bit more. So I'm happy to, uh, you know, speak to it. Um, <clears throat> I think that number one is when you give them the quote, they'll just flip to the last page and look at the bottom line number. Because, right. And you, you completely circumvent any value that you're building uh, in your solution and, 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 and why, um, and why you're doing it. Also, you know, we think when we give them the quote, like they are able to interpret that. And you, you say like us, uh, you know, as an MSP, MSPs, we speak Klingon and, uh, <laughs> they don't know what, what we're talking about. So all those line items that we're so proud of and get so excited. You know, and we, we mentioned all the vendor names cause we're really proud of those relationships and we know how good those products are means next to nothing to the, your prospect right, right. And, I, and i know you know some people are going to say well if, what if the prospect has an it background it, it all depends on who you're pitching to but primarily when you're pitching to the decision maker business owners these aren't technical guys right these are these are business owners they're they're accountants they're attorneys they're they're um financial services professionals they don't understand but i can tell you the universal language of sales is is the big dollar sign if it's us right and you know you go right to that last page and that's what you look at and they will make a decision a lot of times right at that point and then everything else you say it has to become justification to back into that price point and it's the wrong way to sell um, you start going line item by line item you leave them with the proposal which is another bad thing to do so this is why I don't do it because all you do is you're giving them the recipe and you're basically saying, here, why don't you go out and shop for all the individual line items? And then they'll figure out, you know, if they buy them all individually and do it themselves. Of course they'll save money because, you know, you're not having a professional do it. Plus it's a whole lot easier to go shopping when someone gives you the recipe list, right? You know, if I went shopping I ate great pizza and I go to the, I going to go, oh, I want to make this pizza. Like, I don't know if it's fresh basil or, you know, dry basil, or if the guy put, you know, a handful of, you know, garlic salt, if he gave me the whole recipe list, sure, I could go out and shop for it. But this is, you know, the knowledge and, and, and the, I've spent, you know, decades learning this and continuing to educate myself and my team, you know, that's, that's worth something to me, right? And so you don't get to get the recipe. 
and give it to somebody else who will do it for a dollar less. You just don't get that luxury. And, you know, that has become part of my sales process where, um, you know, we talk about, and if we roll back to the beginning here, we're kind of working backwards, but if we go back to the beginning, I, I basically say to the prospect, listen, I can't propose anything to you until I understand where you're at. And more importantly, you understand where you're at because I don't believe they're going to buy, you know, that's, that's gap selling. You have to show them the gap, right? Here's where you are today. Here's where I will bring you. And this is what it will cost you. And it's a clear cut plan. That's what you're selling. All right. The, the part list doesn't matter in that type of sale. And we said, you know, we use an example. I had some landscape lighting put in and the guy, I don't know what brand the lights are, but I could tell you the guy who I picked was not the cheapest, but he was the guy who showed me what it would look like when it was done. So he did that. I knew what it looked like now because I, you know, I go outside every night and go, I, I want lights. He said, here's what it'll look like. I had some cool software. And that was who I went with. And there was a price associated with it. I didn't ask one thing like, well, you know, what brand light is this? And whatever the box is, the transformer, whatever they call that stuff. I, I didn't shop it around. I'm pretty sure, you know, if I looked, I could have spent half as much and bought all the parts and then what, get a shovel and do it myself. So, um, you know, I picked that solution because he, he future paced and showed me what success looked like to me. And that's what I'm trying to do with our prospects is, is very simply say, here's where you are and you've got to do it in a simple way, right? Typically, if there's emotion involved, it's good because they want to know more. And then I'm able to say, here's our solution. And I absolutely tell them how much it is per month. I absolutely put the number in, in the audit report and I show them and say, you're paying 1500 bucks a month. This is what it looks like. You scored a 28. Here's my solution. It's $3,500 a month. Get you to do a 97. And then, you know, and that's, that's the presentation that we're basically doing. And I'm showing them how to close that gap. If they say, can we spend less like 3000? I say, sure. We have to now make the gap wider again, right? Because we're giving some stuff back. So I'm not lowering my price for, and getting nothing in return, right? I'm lowering the price because I'm, we're giving some things back. And there's some tactics too. Sometimes you say, look, if you sign today, you know, I can, I can give you a discount, but you know, those are just some sales techniques, but in general, you know, that's what we're doing. So I know a lot of people are like, you don't give them a proposal. I said, no way. The proposal. And I think Robin Robbins actually taught me this and she probably, you know, got it from somebody else who taught it to her, but they said that the proposal is just a formality at that point, right? You've the sales already been made. If you're pulling the proposal out, they've said yes. And all we're doing is have them sign the bottom line where they go, oh, yeah, it is 3,500, right? I don't know what this stuff means anyway. So, you know, that's it. Um, and that's that. You know, there are people, like, I don't close every deal. Like, it's not 100%, of course. Um, and we talked about this. Some people um, simply can't afford it, right? Like, Or in their mind, they're like, mm -hmm. I can't afford this now. And it's just like if you have a car that's used and it's sort of falling apart, you go looking for a new car that you really have your heart set on. And you find out you can't afford it, right? right? It doesn't matter how much that sales guy closes that gap. You go for a drive and smell the leather and you're you're in love and it's emotional, but you're like, I can't afford a $600 a month payment. Not right now. And that's what I always think in my head. I said, I do my presentation properly. I never give them the opportunity to go shop it around in three to six months. 
And then maybe after a while, you know, when the wheels finally fall off, you know, their current vehicle, <laughs> they'll, they'll come back to me. So those, those I view as good, um, uh, still good prospects that I could drip market. And if I've sold the audit to them, you know, there's something of value that they perceive. And I have a good chance that they'll come back to me when the time is right. So it really becomes a no, not now, not no forever uh, for me. But you don't, you never get the proposal um, ever. I, and, you know, for me, when we agree, I'll have them sign it and then I'll send them an electronic version of it so we can do the the formal piece of it and it becomes part of the MSA. But it's only when they've said yes and they've signed off on the uh, on that piece that, you know, I, I, I give them anything where there's line items in it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know the, the funny, funny thing about, thing about my, my um, I think I'm hearing, hearing feedback, feedback on your. Feedback. There's there's uh, some people cutting the lawn. The typical rule of thumb is if I'm going to get on any kind of uh, webinar or anything live, that there will be a landscaper who decides to mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah, technical. Technical difficulties is fine. Um, I think we're all used to that. That's a cool thing about Zoom and all this stuff going on today is people are used to it being real, you know, so yeah. it's all good. Um, so... The, the interesting thing about what, what happened to my friend is that he, he, he was excited to buy, right? And, and people don't like being sold. They like to buy. That's, that's really an important thing. Like he wasn't going to go to, he, he went to that guy and, and said, you know, I was referred. Can you, can you tell me more? Can you, you know, basically asking to buy his stuff. And the guy gave him something that confused him. Otherwise, he wasn't going to go shop around. He had no intention of shopping around. He just wanted to know what this guy, if this guy could do the same thing for him and what that looked like. So he was looking to have him explain more about the process. And instead, the guy sends him, and he explained it, I think, and he, they ended up with, yeah, send me a quote. So somewhere along the line, it got confusing to, to my friend. And my friend started asking. He asked for other quotes from other people. He asked for referrals to other people. He asked people he knew what their opinion was. He was sending that quote all over the place to have it vetted. So that, you know, that's why audit is such an important tool because it's not confusing. It's it's not confusing yeah. the person. But but let's talk about the problem we re we really solve, and let's talk about what that guy did. Right. So. There was a time where we didn't have good quoting tools like QuoteWorks and Quozel. Uh, those tools didn't exist. And I know I used to use QuickBooks. You remember we used to be able to do the uh, the estimate in QuickBooks and turn it into yeah. a, an invoice very easily. So that was the first uh, cut of proposals. And to be honest, before I did that, like they were manual and they were, they were tough to do. It was a pain. Like you didn't look forward to it. Like it led to... It would lead you to a sale, but you'd hate doing the work to get to it, right? So now we have good quoting tools that are pretty easy, right? Usually you, ha you, know, you have your line items in there and it's as simple as picking them, plugging a couple quantities in and it totals it up, right? The reason why you send somebody the proposal like that is really because either you're, you, you realize that the time that it takes to prepare a proper sales presentation is typically epic, right? I know as an MSP, when I would, you know, follow these marketing um, techniques and I would send out, you know, campaigns and get people to raise their hand and say, yes, I'm interested in in your assessment. And then I'd be like, like, yeah, I should be excited. Go, yes, I got a lead. And I'd, I'd be like, man, this is, this is a lot of work. Right. And then 
And then, you know, we would meet with them. That was the easy part, meeting. It was then coming back and preparing the proposal, you know, the presentation and just copying and pasting and trying to figure out how to take data points from um, everything. And that was only, it's getting worse. So every day there's a new data point of something and it takes forever. So what's the easiest thing to do is just to create a proposal. And that's what I used to do. I did it for years and I got away with it until one woman who uh, it was actually a really good prospect. I didn't get them and they're still on my list, but she called me out and she said, where's the, where's the assessment? And I could feel my face getting red. And I said, well, I just sort of interpreted the assessment for you. And this is the proposal. So basically what I did, I circumvented the whole process like this guy did. And I just gave her the proposal and she just flipped to the last page. Cause that's all I really resigned her to do now. And she saw the number and she said, no, and that was it. I had I, there's nothing else I could do, and and I did it because I was I want to say I'm lazy, but it was easy, and it was because it took me so long to put these things together, and they didn't work half the time, and it was different every time. I would copy paste and try something different, so I never knew what to follow. I couldn't. Anyways, there's no process if you do it different every time, right? Because you can't measure your results. So that's why I believe, at least in the MSP world, we do it. It's just easy to default back on that, and it, when that that lady when she said that was the, the catalyzing moment for me. I said, I, I can never go in there without a proper presentation, but I'm not going to spend eight hours or, or days putting these together. I'll, I'll have no time to do anything. And that was when we created audit and figured out a better way. Now I can, you know, I can print one of these up and work on it in, in less than an hour and it looks great and it works. And not only, you know, do I know it works, but there's, you know, hundreds if not over a thousand msps now that are using it and saying the same thing so you know if the if the uh the, the guy that you were referencing you know he had a way to present it simply and there were three options your friend would have felt empowered to buy educated right. and empowered to buy and would have done it but when you just throw someone a proposal it you sort of rob them of the entire you know process of understanding like where's the value and you like you you let them do the math, and then when they do the math, bottom line is just I don't know. This guy's a thousand. This guy's eight hundred. I don't know what, what either of them are you know really have. I'll pick eight hundred. It's cheaper. Yeah. That's not typically how you know we don't shop for you know doctors that way or you know other important decisions in our life. We don't just pick the cheapest. So right. I think that's a lot of what happens. So so the real the real villain here for the MSPs is just the time and the complexity to put these presentations together that often don't work and you lose sales and it's frustrating because who suffers in the end is the end, end user, the SMB, the customer, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if your friend doesn't use this guy because he didn't like just getting a proposal, what if that guy was the absolute best guy in the industry, right? He couldn't sell or he didn't sell properly. So your friend goes with somebody else and he gets an inferior you know, job done and regrets it in the end. Right. Who, who suffers? So I, and I view that, you know, I think MSPs, especially now, have an obligation to be able to, you know, try to sell properly or educate and let them buy uh, to the SMBs. These SMBs need our services and our technology to keep their businesses running. You confuse them and make it hard for them to buy from you. They're just going to end up buying a cheap solution from somebody else who, you know, spoke Klingon and they may not mm -hmm. get something that works. And, you know, we saw it in 2012 with Hurricane Sandy. Um, 
traditional managed services that didn't have a, 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 a business continuity disaster recovery component failed, right? We had clients that have power for 14 days. I solved for every other problem, right? Uh, security, you know, back then antivirus, firewall, all that backup didn't matter. We had no power. And I don't sell that, yeah. right? Moving them to the cloud created an opportunity now to have built in BCDR. So this time around, when we have a pandemic that nobody predicted, uh, my clients were in good shape, right? We weren't scrambling around. However, there's, there were businesses out there that don't have MSPs or there were businesses whose MSPs didn't put them in the cloud. And, you know, maybe they tried to sell it and it didn't work. So they didn't buy from them and they, and they suffer it at that time. So again, um, you have an obligation to be able to properly sell or educate and let them buy from you. I mean, it's, it's important. Yeah. And the whole industry suffers. You know, if my friend had lost, <clears throat> had went with an inferior product, he's going to blame the whole industry, not just, so it, it hurts everybody. Yeah. Great stuff. Love. Great stuff. Well, this was a uh, fantastic, great episode. Um, hope everybody enjoyed listening or watching wherever you are. Tune in next week. Same time, same channel. We will, uh, I think I'm, am I frozen? Can you hear me? You are frozen. You have a funny look on your face. I do have a funny oh, look yes. on my face. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, just in the nick of time, have a great week, Frank. Have a great week, everybody who's listening and watching. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good weekend.